podcast game in the podcast game ken and mila are the unacceptable podcast been a long time wait so this is is it picking up from the mic check check mic check Uh hello mic check wait speak we have returned. Maybe oh, we fuck. gotta. No, okay, but it's picking. The up. lights are flashing. It Fat is. activists are breathing heavily. Yeah. Tim Dillon's moving back to Los Angeles. Is he really? He, he is. keeps talking about how he hates Austin. He, I'm like, yeah, Dude, he, if you hate it, just leave. Like he says, the hu- the stench of human failure is so heavy you can hardly breathe oxygen in mm, that city. I understand. You know, my fireplace isn't working either, so you're uh, Ken's lucky today. There's yeah. No heat in the. In the room, it's very cold in here. So um, we're back. We're back with a special presentation for you. We're gonna read Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. I want to brand it as Unacceptable Presents. The Catcher in the Rye, an analysis See by two body. What's the poem? literary mavericks. <laughs> coming, th- there's like the poem that is based on like coming through the rye. I remember. Oh yeah, we'll get there. Talking about okay, that. I've been trying to write lyrics because you know how Julian says. In a wor- in a world in a field, or Rumi says, in a field beyond right and wrong, mm-hmm. or you know, something beyond right and wrong. There's a field, and I will be meeting you there. Okay. As if their their relationship transcends petty ethical concerns. Okay. Julian paraphrased it for the chorus of Human Sadness. Mm-hmm. You can't hear what he's saying, but apparently that's what he's saying. Oh, interesting. You know what's funny with Julian is he just puts whatever he wants in the lyrics, and he goes. Like he sings whatever he yeah. wants sometimes, especially okay. on that first Voids album. Interesting. But yeah. I always wanted to make a connection between that Rumi's Field and Holden in the mm. shimmering fields of rye. I've been working hard on the writing. It's been fun. Well, so my late mentor Philip McShane used to say that Holden Caulfield, um, like Caulfield was meant a call to the field of being like that's what the name i don't know if like that wow. was like his interpretation <laughs> it's almost funny sounding yeah call field um, what what's the field of being like so i guess his theory was like catcher in the rye is um like part of the existentialist canon where like you're trying to sort of like discover who you are mm-hmm. and like contend with the fact that you're like a being like you're a living thing that like has to discover yourself okay and like form an identity but is the field of being like a highbrow reference to like joyce or something it could be yeah I that like sounds very sounds, yeah like oh yes the field of being well it's funny because like when i read catcher in the rye i read it around the same time that i read all this like james joyce i could never actually read any james joyce I yeah. tried to read Dubliners and it depressed the it's fuck out of me. It's very depressing. It's like, Timmy yeah. owed Sherry three pennies and <laughs> she was now withholding his food and dressmaking. And it was like, like oh. you like reading it in an Irish accent. <laughs> <laughs> Who, what voice is this? Who's what voice is? It kind of sounds Harry, like that video of Harry, Harry Potter. <laughs> no, not the penises. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah. We're gonna go. There's been like big, uh, uh, I, I was trending again on Twitter. I'm like, how are people still talking about Harry Potter? Uh, are they? Yeah. Um, there was a debate yesterday about whether you can uh, still be a trans ally and read Harry Potter. 
and uh, the, you're just mean to make me hate trans people. <laughs> it, there's just no two ways of no. Just kidding, because it, it's not actually. Well, Dumbledore is trans. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh God, is he? <laughs> Animagus or like Animagi to sneak into the banks. <laughs> the Rothschild banks. <laughs> Soros is there. Who's Soros? The Gringotts is owned by George. Maybe, so. I think Lucius is Soros. He's serving the Dark Lord and he has the connections and the oh money. Oh my god. <laughs> But I feel like the Malfoys are more like, like, like I think she meant to represent them more as like the Aryan like right. supremacists because they're like the pure blood. The dad has sick hair. Yeah, I know. I thought the dad was so hot. <laughs> yeah, there was like some song out called Draco's Dad <laughs> that was a play on Stacy's mom. Oh and, yeah. Like, they, I just remember the chorus was like Draco's dad is sexy when he's mad, and I was like. True. He has a sick cane. I'm like in grade seven, like yeah, <laughs> so true. Yeah, he has the, he has this aesthetic together. Mm-hmm. I just I just find him physically a bit frail seeming. Really, little bit. I thought Draco looked more frail, but I thought Lucius looked kind of like, yeah. Commi- I would like go for that aesthetic, honestly. I've been trying to dye my hair that color. Yeah, no. Recently. If, yeah, I dig it. Look at the cane too. With That'd serpent. be pretty sick with like a sword inside it. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine you get like jumped and you pull out a sword. <laughs> be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I did not sign up for this. <laughs> this is my fat activism. <laughs> swing, swing. Swinging a sword. Yeah. Yeah. I. We were talking about. Uh, Ken was telling me there's a, a fat activism thing where someone said breathing is emancipatory. Emancipatory. I couldn't have said it better myself. Fat activism can be as simple as breathing. Oh, wow. <sighs> So when you hear me breathing heavy, guys, <laughs> don't you dare shame me. It's fat activism. Well, I remember there was a Red Scare episode where Adam Curtis was breathing so heavily. Like, Why? And like I was thinking, like, wait, which one is Adam Curtis? It was kind of ruining it for me because, like, I yeah. hate the sound of breathing. Um, he's a filmmaker. For the sound of choking, the English guy. Yeah, I really like that episode. He really ran them. He just like. Railroad, like in a good way, he railroaded them and kept talking. It was like, I'm just a, and like the really earnest guys, like, and you know what I find interesting? That guy, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I like it when he was like, they were protesting, saying, not in my name. And I don't care if it's in your name or not. <laughs> Wait, oh, what, what was he talking about? Um, like, he's basically talking about how, like, a lot of like radicalism is like, uh, taken over by like these like narcissistic impulses where people like try to center themselves, yeah. make it about themselves, yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, throughout that whole episode, he would be like, <sighs> and I was like, oh my yeah, God, like, I'm like, yeah. are, do they need to like call him an ambulance? <laughs> like, yeah. Or, or he should do a setup with like one of those filters that are like three inches away. Yeah. Yeah. I Probably don't know. What I, need. I don't even have a sock over this mic. Yeah. Neither do I. Um, that's fine. It'll be okay. Also, I've been breathing through my nose. Dr. Andrew Huberman says it helps regulate hormones. Doesn't everyone breathe through their nose? No. A lot of people breathe through their mouth. Is that where the term mouth breather comes from? Yes. Also, he there's there's been some hypothesis that walking around with an open jaw, it mm. drags your... Like, it fucks up your facial structure. It makes you less attractive and less, less healthy. Really? And uh, I have found when I shut my jaw and I walk, I feel much more centered and confident. Yeah. 
Well, that makes it. I mean, when I run, I like to breathe in through my nose mm-hmm. and out through. I the like nose. to breathe in and out through my nose. I don't know if that's silly, but it's like a challenge, I, and it, it makes me feel more good. Efficient when I do it, the, like out through the mouth when I run, but yeah. Everyone tells me to breathe out through my mouth. I'm like, nope. Everything's through the nose now. Everything through the nose. Honestly, just eating. Just so it's shut. Yeah, no fat. I, mm, I guess. A feeding tube. No, I I recently finished watching this show called The Act. I don't know if you've seen it. No. Um, but it's really nuts. It's like about this uh mother who has like Munchausens by proxy, so like. Uh, she basically like makes her daughter believe that she has all these illnesses that she doesn't have, and mm-hmm. she like feeds her through a feeding tube, and she like doesn't need metaphor it. for Twitter. <laughs> that ADD <laughs> moment when you cut your toenails while listening to music. <laughs> oh my god! Well, that's like mu- just regular that. Munchausen. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then Munchausen by proxy is like you do it as someone else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know it was crazy. That is so true though. <laughs> Where the people would be like. Yeah, like, I have OCD. I've, like, organized my bookshelf. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, okay. I remember, like, there was, like, recently someone posted a picture of Emma Stone, like, like, having a coffee and, like, smoking a cigarette and wearing black. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, like, we all have been in this low point in life. And it's like, why is it, like, what is necessarily, like, a low point here? Like, she's just having a coffee. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna be okay like i recently found out projection she... we've all yeah. been at this <laughs> low point uh. i recently found out she's not irish i was really shocked well what is she she's like uh northern european like swedish or something mm, i dig yeah i always thought she was i guess because she's the, the red hair yeah she's very athletic looking yeah she is i'd love to play tennis with emma stone <laughs> Oh, sh- was she in that movie about tennis? Is that why I say that? I don't know. I recently remember watched her in Maniac. I thought she was really good. Yeah, that's good. Um, but it, okay, there's this reoccurring trope of like unsocially assertive dude with lots of potential and technical skill is brought out by like crazy manipulative mm-hmm. BPD girl. Like it, they, we can't get away from it. And, it. and even people who criticize it find it cute usually. Like it yeah. works as a narrative and then like he realizes potential and then they both like make each other better or something. Well, it makes me think of the movie Yes Man. Like, yeah, well, the, the that's a good movie though. Yeah, I, love I loved it. I thought yeah. it was so funny. But it's old. I need to watch I it again. Watching it like 10. Yeah, I tried cuz the pacing is slower. Yeah. Like there's like the gags, they set up simple gags with like 10 seconds of like yeah. him sitting on his couch and it's like Jesus, I need to watch TikTok or something. But like Zoe De Chanel was like such a Dude, She like, was an industry. She was the original manic pixie dream yeah, girl industry. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like it's funny cuz I feel like a lot of guys have like like actually like seek that out mm-hmm. um or like well i do like some guys have thought like oh like she's do- like like i feel like they've wanted me to do that for oh them. yeah and i'm like i'm not no I'm, listen i'm an intj i'm like <laughs> i'm just depressed that there's nothing <laughs> else like i don't have the 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 bpd i've never had that experience where you i've never been like People have wanted me to behave a certain way. Mm, that's I don't not know. True. I think in high school, people were definitely like, "This quirky guy won't wear jeans and walks around in sweatpants all the time." Yeah, it was and a good grift. Sweatsuit. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. No, but I've never, I've never had it from the female. Oh, from the f- from the themes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. 
um I, I don't know i wonder if it's like influenced by media or if media is like people like living out that desire or yeah. if it's like a bit of both like it's living like out their fantasy i feel like that's really common and but sometimes it's like it's too obvious to me and then it makes me mad yeah okay so i have this thing that i always write songs about my romantic feelings yeah and i'm like this is enough this is not fun or funny anymore like <laughs> yeah. i need to figure out something else to write about yeah. okay so there's like whole categories of things that i'm tired of hearing written about like depression mm-hmm. uh romantic infatuation or like the positive side romantic despair on the negative side um mm-hmm. What's the other one? It's so hard to like not write about depression. I know. I want to write poetry about like technical things. Yeah. Like if you could make like a manual rhyme, Mm -hmm. like without being like like two like autistic males trying to look cerebral, because that can also happen. Like "Mm," and then the physics. Well, I like I I told I think I told you this but but like the other day I was re- like I started watching Handmaid's Tale and like yeah it was weird to me because it actually looked like a fantasy that someone was living out but like a negative fantasy a negative fantasy like, wow uh, that's a sophisticated sounding term we could do like, a lot with I that I think that every like like there are people who have negative fantasies where like they envision their group being um subordinated and like the fantasy garners sympathy from an audience and like that's the rush that they get and so like um jesus like a lot of like people like dystopian literature has always been popular but like especially like with handmaid's tale like it seems like it's very clear that it's arguing like women are going to be oppressed in this way if we do this like Mm -hmm if we restrict reproductive health care whatever um and yeah it just seemed to me like so over the top that it seemed like a negative fantasy that's a fascinating idea i think you're onto something yeah i was i'm not like implicating one side like i think a lot of sides do it what's my Um, negative fantasy I don't know, like, I think a lot of conservatives have, like, negative fantasies about, like, being, like, put into, like, a gulag. Well, that would suck. Like, they love... That That transcends fantasy, though. No, but I do think there's, like, a fetish of, like, dissidents. Like, there's, like, especially, like, when, even when the dissident, like, is not a dissident for a good reason. Like, Alexei Navalny is a really good example, where he's, like, this fetishized uh dissident even though like his views are actually very silly i don't know who that is oh he's like a russian dissident so to speak and like there's a lot of like liberals that like love him because he's like challenging to putin and um but then it's like funny because he says a lot of stuff that like they would condemn if trump said it but it's just because like he's against putin yeah you know what i mean and so but I think they have, like, I think, like, the dissident is very fetishized, like, someone who, like, goes to prison for their political beliefs. Oh, man. I'm rock hard. No, but... But, but, but you know, like, it's, like, the martyrs... I th- martyrs well, Eminem is great at doing the retaliatory aggression narrative, like, yeah. I will not, but then if you push me, I will fuck you up, and everyone, mm-hmm. like, feels, like, the same way, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you listen to Eminem. I remember listening to Eminem in high school and, like, you know, feeling like that, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think that, and and it was interesting because I think like this point was made on Red Scare that like people like in, in like, uh, American society, they want everyone to think everything is worse 
than it is whereas like in other dystopian societies they wanted everyone to think things were better than they were wait so are they calling american a dystopian society not sorry i'm that's my term not theirs but like in like so, like a in like an authoritarian or like uh like in korea uh, Nor- in north a, korea in like a misinformation society like north korea like most societies <laughs> but but i'm saying like there's they were saying like for instance like in like the late soviet union like there was a sort of delusion that everybody knew was fake but played into that like everyone everything was better than it was and in the u.s and i'm assuming canada would fit into this as well like we play into this delusion that everything is actually worse than it is like we act like people hate each other more than they do and like Hmm. it's it's very interesting but anyway i do i i just kind of like was thinking about the martyrdom fantasy and like i kind of remember it a lot from like catholic school as well like this um i mean if 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 i could push a button and go to mm-hmm. heaven and get yeah. 70 virgins yeah i would right yeah like because it's just like fuck it but it's harder than that first yeah. you gotta find an oppressive power and then you gotta get noticed and then you gotta go through months of you know steadfastness at least months if not years yeah but i think like a lot of people because like right now the problem is like indifference as well like i think it hurts more for you to be like i'm standing up against someone and someone being like okay like sure (laughs) then then like if you're like i'm standing up against this and someone's like no how dare you they're not even listening to me breathing yeah well like that's the that's the thing like i think the issue really is to a huge extent is irrelevance and so like that's why the martyrdom complex is so big and to bring it to catcher in the rye i remember like there's a scene where he talks about how sometimes he just pretends that he's like dying (laughs) like he he pretends like he got shot and like (laughs) But I don't know, because I was thinking about that also in the context of, like, Munchausen syndrome, like, this way that people, like, garner sympathy for themselves and, like, the rush that they get from people, like, feeling bad for them. So where does, I wish Jordan Peterson was here, where does Jesus play into this, the figure of Jesus, the ideal of the ultimate, uh... Well, it's like a fantasy as well. Ultimate fantasy. I was going to say ultimate virgin, because, like, Jesus... I think a lot of people want to be, like, a Jesus figure, but, like, they also don't want to, like, actually die. Yeah, remember when I was sixteen talking about the Jesus archetype? I mean, people make Jim Morrison out to be like a savior. Yeah, he's like the butterfly on the stage, <laughs> and he's like, and then he died. Well, I remember there's that tragically hip lyric like "Martyrs don't do much for me." Yeah, and I, that blew my mind when I listened to it because I was like, "Damn!" Like he's rejecting the trope. Wow, I never. I was always like, "Yeah, okay, Gordon, nice try." <laughs> you just want to take their place. <laughs> that's possible i actually i wrote a really cringeworthy essay about rock stars being like a martyrdom trope like how is that how is it cringe okay so for (laughs) for one thing she's genuinely cringing ladies and gentlemen (laughs) it featured marilyn manson in like a pope outfit (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm listening though you're it sounds earnest I'm, I'm into it i think a lot of my feelings about it were earnest i was like in probably like sometime in high school and i wrote it for like the school newspaper everything i wrote sick. for the school newspaper makes me want to kill myself <laughs> like i actually look it's at some of the permanent record. and like i'm like i want to live in like i just can't 
<laughs> it is so bad. Yeah, I want to um, be forgotten. Yeah. I'm like, I can't believe I attached my name to this. Well, that's the scary part of speaking at all. But the, No, the, should we just turn the pot? No, just kidding. The funny but thing is like how much more confident I was in yeah. my views than yeah, I am yeah, like yeah. now, yeah. you know? Like it's a I think that's common. It's a high school thing too, I guess. You know, in the last ten years, I've gone from like trying to amass truth to trying to be happy. Like I've noticed it. Interesting. The switch has flipped. I, yeah, I I'm mean, a coward now. <laughs> please, well, please was, criticize me I, on the internet. I'm releasing. Uh, uh, I, I might release an essay soon, a personal essay on oh, my, fucking on my brave. Substack. Um, but I, 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 one of the things like I was very tortured about was like objective morality. Cause it was something like I've just always wanted to be true and being like tormented by like, how can it be true if there's no God? Um, I think, I think there's evidence that it's true. Yeah. That, there is an essay that a, a friend of mine sent me actually that was like, um, like a secular way to prove that it's true, and it made me so happy. Like I was like, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> like it's like being comforted. Well, maybe, uh, yeah. Like that video. There's that video of that autistic kid being comforted by a dog. Like, Breaks my. Heart. I love that video. I wanted to cover it. I think me and Jordan did in Montreal. Yeah, I, I still have a video. Did we post it? And then you like kiss Jordy in the head or something. <laughs> can we? Can you send that to me? I got need to express it my YouTube channel. Yeah, it's uh, it's adorable. Um, but anyway. Should we read? Can I, yeah. should I start reading? We're gonna get to the docket, which is Catcher in the Rye, a call to the field of being. <laughs> Um. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I actually read like a quarter of this book at the cabin. And yeah. It's really sad. But I, when I was 16, I didn't realize it was sad because his tone is like, it's fine. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I was impressed he got I, in a I fight. Found, I found it sad. I didn't find I found it more. F it's also hilariously funny. Yeah. Okay. If you really want to know, this is J.D. Salinger's Catcher in the Rye. What is the academic read on this? Like, he's a immature little shit who needs to grow up and not be a savior. Is that the read? I thought that was the academic read. I, I definitely thought, like, I was annoyed the way that it was, like, dismissed as just, like, a like a teen angst book for white guys. Well, I don't bring race into this. No, like, that. I didn't I'm think, saying, like, like people black like people can be victims, too. <laughs> No, I just mean like there's so many things like that. They're like they're like white guys love Infinite Jest, and I'm like I liked Infinite Jest too. Like Infinite Jest is a fucking banger. Yeah, it's it is a banger. That'll be next. <laughs> if you're a minority, I highly recommend reading Infinite Jest. Imagine how long Infinite Jest would take. Yeah, I'm down. I think Dusty. I think Brothers Karamazov is next. Yeah, that's true. Both of this and the Brothers Karamazov, I have to admit, I feel like by the end, I was too tired to figure out what was really going on. I was mm -hmm. just enjoying the flow of the prose. So maybe this time I'll understand. Live, for your listening pleasure, at the catcher in the We're going to read you the whole book. No, I'm kidding. If you really, it's a pretty short book. Yeah, but <laughs> well, we're going to go through some excerpts. We're going to chat about it. If you really, these are not selected excerpts. This is the whole book. <laughs> If you really <laughs> like want. 10 hours later. <laughs> well, we might need to do it in, in parts. Okay. See, the tension is building. If you really want to know about it, the first thing you'll probably want to know is where I was born and what my lousy childhood was like and how my parents were occupied and all before they had me. Fuck. And all that David Copperfield kind of crap. But I don't feel like going into it if you want to know the truth. 
In the first place, that stuff bores me. And in the second place, my parents would have about two hemorrhages apiece if I told anything personal about them. They're quite touchy about like that, about anything like that. Especially my father. They're nice and all. I'm not saying that, but they're also touchy as hell. Besides, I'm not going to tell you my whole goddamn autobiography or anything. I'll just tell you about this madman stuff that happened to me around last Christmas just before I got pretty run down and had to come out here and take it easy. I mean, that's all I told DB about, and he's my brother and all. He's in Hollywood. That isn't too far from this crummy place, and he comes over and visits me practically every weekend. He's going to drive me home when I go home next month, maybe. He's just got... Wow, so he's probably not going home next month. So the delusions start really... I didn't catch that. Reading aloud, you catch things. What do you mean he's not going? Well, he says, when I go home next month, maybe. That sounds like something in a mental hospital would say. Like, maybe I'm going home. You know what I mean? Wait, is he in a mental hospital? Well, this is why I have to read the whole book to, like... Oh, I did not pick that up. That's one... Basically, we don't... I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. That's the field of being. It's the mental hospital. All in a mental hospital. Imagine, because if you were really humane, you might set up a simulation where yeah. a mental hospital was like really kind, so that they had the appearance of danger and pain, but most of it was blunted. Yeah, that's why both of us are still here. Like we're we haven't pulled the trigger. They're like, well, let you have your ends. Yeah, <laughs> and like, but like, think about everything. If if yeah. like outside is a simulation in a mental hospital, Damn. from um like compassionate aliens. Oh man. And then someone's like, someone finds out, and then they get murdered. That's why Epstein got murdered, because he figured (laughs) it out. So then they smeared him as a pedophile. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Epstein knew the truth. (laughs) Tell the truth. It was you. (laughs) Little St. James Island is actually like the one. He was working on some resistance, some piece of code to break out of the simulation. (laughs) If you think about aliens, like, keeping humans as pets, like, when I had a turtle, I regretted um, keeping it as a pet because it was a shitty life for it and tiring for me, so it was, like, a net negative. Turtles are great. If you have one, I support it, but I don't suggest people getting one because it's not that fun. Yeah, because they're just, like, in a little space. They're just in a little... Do- Some people have them run around their house, but they would def- mine would definitely get crushed by something. <laughs> you have to be like so conscientious to have your turtles running Wait, around your house. Let it, like, yeah, some people do. Yeah. Really, I thought yeah. it had to be in water. Just at night, maybe. I don't know. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I remember your turtle. It lived for so long. Mm-hmm. I had a turtle for twelve years, and then when I moved to Montreal, I assumed my parents would take care of it, and they just let it die. <laughs> it was kind of a natural ending to its <laughs> life, because mm, yeah, poor That's guy. So he, sad. Recipe. He he experienced all there was to experience in that little tank. That's true. Yeah, that I never considered the. Humane. But think about if aliens are running this simulation. Yeah. If <laughs> maybe they're trying to push misanthropy, because then we'll just extinguish ourselves and they don't have to do it. Oh. Or maybe misanthropy is like an instinct to break out of the simulation that the aliens are holding us in. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the point of catcher in the riot. No, just mm-hmm. kidding. All right, so back to it. He got he he just got a jaguar. This is Holden's brother DB. What a mysterious character, a writer in Hollywood who yeah, Holden despises for being a whore but also loves and looks up to. Wow. 
the maturity symbolism. Maybe it's his in the fantasy world. of what he wishes oh, he was. And fuck. Maybe he doesn't actually exist. Literally. <laughs> He just got it. Well, this place, it's like Steve Brule's brother. <laughs> he just got a Jaguar, one of those little English jobs that can do around 200 miles an hour. It cost him damn near 4000 bucks. He's got a lot of dough now, though. He didn't used to. He used to just be a regular writer when he was home. He wrote this terrific book of short stories, The Secret Goldfish, in case you've never heard of him. <laughs> the best one in it was The Secret Goldfish. It was about this little kid that wouldn't let anybody look at his goldfish. The symbolism, because he'd bought it with his own money. <laughs> what is the goldfish? Like, his sexuality? <laughs> uh, it killed me. Now he's out in Hollywood, DB, being a prostitute. If there's one thing I hate, it's the movies. Don't even mention them to me. It's, he, he has a great rhythm. It's so funny. I really like the rhythm of his writing. Yeah. And I think it, ha- it influenced the me The punchline at the end is like, don't even mention them to me. It's like sophisticated. <laughs> don't like, even ask. But like very much like a child. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why he hates the movies so much. Imagine how sad it would be to hate the movies. I never realized that was kind of sad. Yeah. But it's possible the movies in his time like that were showing in New York are like really shit. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's like everyone who hates, this is like the Twitter fantasy, everyone who rejects everything about their the culture of their, their time is like, yeah. good boy, like, good job, you did, you know? Good job, yeah. son. Movies yeah. did suck back then. They're <laughs> so racist. Where I want to start telling is the day I left Pensy Prep. Pensy Prep is the school that's in Agerstown, Pennsylvania. Oh, I always assumed it was in New York, but Pennsylvania is like right next it's to close, New York. Yeah. yeah. You probably heard of it. You've probably seen the ads anyway. Why is he assuming we've heard of this school? <laughs> they advertise in about a thousand magazines, always showing some hotshot guy on a horse jumping over a fence. <laughs> like as if all you ever did at Penzi was play polo all the time. I never even saw a horse anywhere near the place. And underneath the guy on the horse's picture, it always says, Since 1888, we have been molding boys into splendid, clear-thinking young men. Strictly for the birds. They don't do any damn more molding at Pensy than they do at any other school. And I don't know anybody there that was splendid and clear thinking at all. Maybe two guys, if that many. And they probably came to Pensy that way. Steve Brule analogy? <laughs> That's actually, I've never thought Holy of shit. I'm gonna, reading this aloud is ruining this character for me. And I'm going to criticize how much I identified with him. Yeah. Which is the other literary take is that this was supposed to be an immature man but then he became like a misunderstood james dean hero i think i I think i got that from my dad my dad is funny he needs the academic consensus of what a book means he's a really smart guy but it's something temperamental i always find funny about him (laughs) and And he's not an academic no but he like loved his like literature courses yeah yeah (laughs) anyway it was the saturday of the football game with saxon hall the game with saxon hall was supposed to be a very big deal around pensy it was the last game of the year, and you were supposed to commit suicide some or something if old Pensy didn't win. <laughs> I remember one of us. I remember around three o'clock that afternoon, I was standing way the hep- way the hell up on top of Thompson Hill, right next to this crazy cannon that was in the Revolutionary War and all. You could see the whole field from there, and you could see the two teams bashing each other all over the place. You couldn't see the grandstand too hot, but you could hear them all yelling, deep and terrific on the Pensy side. Because practically the whole school, except me, was there. Okay, we're gonna. He's gonna use a homophobic slur. So trigger warning. I'll give you ten seconds to close it. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And scrawny and faggy on the <laughs> Saxon Hall side because the visiting team hardly ever brought many people with them. 
There were never many girls at all at the football games. Only seniors were allowed to bring girls with them. It was a terrible school, no matter how you looked at it. <laughs> I like to be somewhere, at least, where you can see a few girls around once in a while, even if they're only scratching their arms or blowing their nose or even just giggling or something. Old Selma Thurmer, she was the headmaster's daughter, showed up, the, up at the games quite often. But she wasn't exactly the type that drove you mad with desire. She was a pretty nice girl, though. I sat next to her once in the bus from Angerstown, and we sort of struck up a conversation. I liked her. She had a big nose, and her nails were all bitten down and bleedy-looking, and she had on those damn falsies that point all over the place. But you felt sort of sorry for her. This, the more you read this, the more you hate the way he sympathizes with people, I will say. Like, he's always feeling sorry for people for being ugly or some shit. <laughs> Ties into our, like, Thick Lana conversation, oh kind of. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hey, I'm a fan of Thick Lana. Um, Del Rey, that is. <laughs> yeah, I'm like... <laughs> um... But you felt sort of sorry for her. What I liked about her, she didn't give you a lot of horse manure about what a great guy her father was. She probably knew what a phony slob he was. The reason I was standing way up on Thompson Hill instead of down at the game was because I just got back from New York with the fencing team. I was the goddamn manager of the fencing team. Very big deal. <laughs> We'd gone into New York that morning for this fencing meeting with McBurney School. Only we didn't have the meet. I left all the foils and equipment and stuff on the goddamn subway. It wasn't my fault. Avoiding responsibility. <laughs> it wasn't all my fault. I had to keep getting up to look at this map so we'd know where to get off. So we got back to Pensy around 2.30 instead of around dinner time. The whole team ostracized me the whole way back on the train. It was pretty funny in a way. The way he uses the word ostracize is like yeah. a big, big vocabulary but not quite. I think smoothly. this was the book where I learned what that meant. Hey, there you go. Yeah, I remember, I think, Googling it and being like, oh. For some reason, ostracize seems like a gourd word to me. I don't know. Yeah, but it also makes me think of, like, an ostrich. Yes. So I'm kind of like, this is a little strange of a word. The other reason why I wasn't down at the game was because I was on my way, I love Old Spencer, to say goodbye <laughs> to Old Spencer, my history teacher. He had the gripe. <laughs> And I figured I probably wouldn't see him again till Christmas vacation started. He wrote me this note saying he wanted to see me before I went home. He knew I wasn't coming back to Pensy. I forgot to tell you about that. They kicked me out. I was supposed to come back after Christmas vacation on account of I was flunking four subjects and not applying myself at all. They gave me frequent warnings to start applying myself, especially around midterms when my parents came up for a conference with old Thurmer. But I didn't do it, so I got the axe. They give guys the axe quite frequently at Pensy. It has a very good academic rating, Pensy. It really does. I love the way he says it really does. <laughs> it reminds me of Norm Finkelstein. Like, he always does that. Like, he'll say something, and he'll be like, no, it's true. <laughs> and, like, his interviewers, like, they never, like... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there was this one, th one that I was watching, and he was talking. He's like, Gandhi admired physical courage much more than moral courage and then he like the interviewer didn't say anything and he goes no it's true i know gandhi and then he goes well i don't know gandhi i met his daughter once though <laughs> oh norm it's like maybe it's like the that time period yeah oh he did live around new york yeah i do see in podcasting like a new york idiom of conversation emerge from mm -hmm. like tim dylan and chris stefano and there's like different cultures of new york that have like distinct ways of speaking yeah i still need to go there i've never been
Yeah, I need to go there with money. <laughs> Patrons buy us I a went, trip to New York. Yeah, on, literally. Uh, I, I went and laid on a Airbnb bed in a dark room for a week when I had no money. <laughs> Poor me. It's very, Subscribe. very wholesome. <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs> anyway, it was December and all, and it was cold as a witch's teat, especially on top of that stupid hill. I only had on my reversible and no gloves or anything. The week before that, somebody'd stolen my camel hair coat right out of my room, with my fur-lined gloves right in the pocket and all. Pensy was full of crooks. Quite a few guys came from these very wealthy families, but it was full of crooks anyways. The more expensive a school is, the more crooks it has. I'm not kidding. That doesn't <laughs> surprise me. <laughs> Property is theft. <laughs> anyway, I kept standing next to that crazy cannon looking at the game and freezing my ass off only i wasn't watching the game too much what i was really hanging around for i was trying to feel some kind of goodbye this is anime they need to make this an anime oh my god they do not they do i mean all his like weird experiences in bars and with like prostitutes (laughs) (laughs) i mean uh i guess i haven't watched enough anime to like experience the beauty it's like when i think of anime i just think of death note it's a, it's yeah, it's a good one. You gotta watch Spirited Away. Oh yeah, I've been told to watch that. You for a long and Jessica time. and Jordy should watch that. Okay. Anyway, That'll be the next review. No, <laughs> live, <laughs> live commenting <laughs> on a movie is like unbearable because you're just like interrupting. I do it all the time. I think I'm very clever. That's why I have a podcast. <laughs> uh, anyways, I kept standing next to that crazy can and looking down at the game and freezing my ass off. I was trying to feel some kind of goodbye. I mean, I've left schools and places I didn't even know I was leaving them. I hate that. I don't care if it's a sad goodbye or a bad goodbye. But when I leave a place, I like to know I'm leaving it. If you don't, you feel even worse. True that. I was lucky. All of a sudden, I thought of something that helped make me know I was getting the hell out. I suddenly remembered this time, in around October, that I and Robert Titchener and Paul Campbell were chucking a football around in front of the academic building. They were nice guys, especially Titchener. It was just before dinner time, and it was getting pretty dark, but we kept chucking the ball around anyway. It kept getting darker and darker, and we could hardly see the ball anymore, but we didn't want to stop doing what we were doing. Finally, we had to. This teacher that taught biology, Mr. Zambesi, stuck his head out of the window in the academic building and told us to get back to the dorm and get ready for dinner. If I get a chance to remember that kind of stuff, I can get a goodbye when I need one, at least. Most of the time, I can. As soon as I got it, I turned around and started running down the other side of the hill towards old Spencer's house. He didn't live on campus. He lived on Anthony Wayne Avenue. I ran all the way to the main gate, and then I waited a second till I got my breath. Ironically, I'm out of breath, too. Wait, was old Spencer, like, the creep? He's not, no, 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 that's later in the book. Oh, okay. I have no wind, if you want to know the truth. I can relate to this guy. I'm quite a heavy smoker, for one thing. That is, I used to be. It's literally me. <laughs> they made me cut it out. Another thing, I grew six and a half inches last year. It's literally... <laughs> it's literally that ADD moment when you smoke cigarettes. <laughs> and grow six inches. <laughs> that ADD moment when you steal from stores. Uh, <laughs> they made me cut it out. Another thing, they, I guess that could be an allusion to the mental hospital. Oh I hate to force my a narrative. God. We've never read this. 
that's how I also practically got TB and came out here for all these goddamn checkups and stuff. The other thing that's funny, like, who is he writing this to? It doesn't really make sense that he would be writing this. Yeah, that's true. So you think he's, like, accounting I have no to idea. I have no idea. But it's just the way he tells this story is very compelling to read, but... Yeah. That's how also how I practically got TB and came out here for all these goddamn checkups and stuff. I'm pretty healthy, though. <laughs> Literally me. <laughs> Anyways, as soon as I got my breath back, I ran across Route 204. It was icy as hell, and I damn near fell down. I don't even know what I was running for. I guess I just felt like it. Literally me. After I got across <laughs> the road, I felt like I was sort of disappearing. It was that sort of crazy afternoon, terrifically cold, and no sun out or anything. And you feel like you were disappearing every time you crossed the road. Wow, Radiohead-esque. Yeah. Boy, dissociative. I ran across... <laughs> I gotta stop analyzing him. I ran that doorbell... I rang that doorbell fast when I got to old Spencer's house. I was really frozen. My ears were hurting and I could hardly move my fingers at all. Come on, come on, I said right out loud, almost. Somebody open the door! Finally, old Mrs. Spencer opened it. They didn't have a maid or anything, and they always opened the door themselves. They didn't have too much dough. <laughs> Holden, Mrs. Spencer said, how lovely to see you. Come in, dear. Are you frozen to death? I think she was glad to see me. She liked me. At least I think she did. Boy, did I get in that house fast. <laughs> how are you, Mrs. Spencer? I said, how's Mrs. Spen Mr. Spencer? Let me take your coat, dear, she said. She didn't hear me ask how Mr. Spencer was. She was sort of deaf. She hung up my coat in the hall closet, and I sort of brushed my hair back with my hand. Just like me. I wear a crew cut <laughs> quite frequently, and I never have it's to comb It's literally it me. How have you been, Mrs. Spencer? I said again, only louder, so she'd hear me. I've been just fine, Holden. She closed the closet door. How have you been? <laughs> the way she asked me, I knew right away old Spencer told her I'd been kicked out. Fine, I said. How's Mr. Spencer? He over his gripe yet? Over it, Holden. He's behaving like a perfect... I don't know what. <laughs> He's in his room, dear. Go right in. That just reminds me of uh, the breast, can the, the uh, breast cancer woman in the office. I definitely... What is this, Grand Central Station? Do you want to read a chapter? Yeah, okay. Okay, so are we, like... <laughs> we're not actually reading this whole book no right now are we leave a comment if you want us to read the whole book because this is this is a long thing to read out loud um so we okay so that was chapter one yes so um i'll read some of chapter two i guess and we can uh discuss okay sounds good <laughs> They each have their own room and all. I always love how he said and all. Yeah. After everything, and I feel like I picked that up when I write, <laughs> like, not articles and stuff, but when I write, like, my own personal shit. Creatively? Yeah. They were both around 70 years old or even more than that. They got a bang out of things, though, in a half-assed way, of course. I know that sounds mean to say, but I don't mean it mean. I just mean that I used to think about old Spencer quite a lot, and if you thought about him too much, you wondered what the heck he was still living for. <laughs> I mean, he was this is like midsummer, like. What a crossover! I have to say, I was talking to a friend about um, 
uh, Ted Kaczynski because I I recently watched his documentary, uh-huh. like the Unabomber, and then my friend brought up how he thinks that like Greta Thunberg is gonna become like the next Ted Kaczynski. She's way too hot for that. <laughs> but then like advocate for like midsummer things where like the old people jump off the cliff. That's a hilarious like riff. Were they serious or are they joking? I don't know. He's so funny. Like, oh, that's just, a good riff. But but yeah, it was a good riff. It made me laugh. Um, so yeah, okay. I mean, he was all stooped over and he had a very terrible posture. And in class, whenever he dropped a piece of chalk at the blackboard, some guy in the first row always had to get up and pick it up and hand it to him. Literally can't. No. <laughs> what? That was not me. I'm in, I'm very healthy. I just thought of um when our teacher used to throw the test back at us and Ken wouldn't pick it up. One day I was like, pick that up. Yeah. And and, and he was spooked for a second, but then I ended up picking it up. Remember when Miss Barrichello, we can say this because it's so, what, like, thought it was a reward for me to read to, like, the kindergartners? No. Okay, well, okay. she tried to, like, motivate me to do well in school. This is, like, when I was in grade six by reading to kindergartners. And I have this weird thing about not shattering older people's, like, wholesome illusions. So I was like, yeah, that's so fun. But I was, like, so <laughs> weirded out the whole time. And the teacher was, like, of kindergarten was, like, looking at me suspiciously. Like, why does this guy want to read to kindergartners? <laughs> it was just, the vibe was so weird. Shout out to Milva. Oh, God. Okay. Milva with... Okay, we had to redact some of that. Um. Anyway. Some back. of this podcast has been redacted. Uh, Cash in the Rye. Um... Okay, so we're talking about Old Spencer. We're at Old Spencer's house. Um, his door was open, but I sort of knocked on it anyway, just to be polite and all. I could see where he was sitting. He was sitting in a big leather chair, all wrapped up in that blanket I just told you about. He looked over at me when I knocked. Who's that? He yelled. <laughs> Caulfield, come in, boy. <laughs> 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 He was always yelling outside class. I feel like I would love him. It got on your nerves sometimes. <laughs> the minute I went in, I was sort of sorry I'd come. He was reading the Atlantic Monthly, and there was pills and medicine all over the place, and everything smelled like Vic's nose drops. <laughs> it was pretty depressing. I'm not too crazy about sick people anyway. What made it even more depressing, old Spencer had on this very sad, ratty old bathrobe that he was probably born in or something. (laughs) I don't much like to see old guys in their pajamas and bathrobes anyway. Their bumpy old chests are always showing, and their legs, old guys' legs at beaches and places always look so white and unhairy. Hello, sir, I said. I got your note. Thanks a lot. He'd written to me this note asking me to stop by and say goodbye before vacation started on account of I wasn't coming back. You didn't have to do all that. I'd have come over to say goodbye anyway. Have a seat there, boy, old Spencer said. He he meant the bed. I sat down on it. How's your gripe, sir? My boy, if I felt any better, I'd have to send for the doctor, old Spencer said. That knocked him out. He started chuckling like a madman. Then he finally straightened himself out and said, Why aren't you down at the game? I thought this was the day of the big game. It is. I was. Only I just got back from New York with a fencing team, I said. Boy, his bed was like a rock. He started getting serious as hell. I knew he would. So you're leaving us, eh? He said. Yes, sir. I guess I am. 
He started going into this nodding routine. You never saw anybody nod as much in your life as old Spencer did. That's such a like form of trig too. Like I noticed this especially in like professional, like managerial sort of settings. Like the pr- like the woman taking notes now and be like, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like inflation of belief. Like yeah. do you believe anything I'm saying at yeah, all? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. What did Dr. Thurmer say to you, boy? I understand you had quite a little chat. Yes, we did. We really did. I was in his office for around two hours, I guess. What did he say to you? Oh, well, about life being a game and all, and how you should play it according to the rules. He was pretty nice about it. I mean, he didn't hit the ceiling or anything. He just kept talking about life being a game and all, you know. Life is a game, boy. Life is a game that one plays according to the rules. Yes, sir, I know it is. I know it. Game my ass. Some game. If you get on the side where all the hot shots are, then it's a game, all right. I'll admit that. But if you're on the other side, where are there any where there aren't any hot shots, then what's the game about? Nothing. No game. Has Dr. Thurmer written to your parents yet? Old Spencer asked me. He said he was going to write them on Monday. Have you yourself communicated with them? No, sir, I haven't communicated with them because I'll probably see them Wednesday night when I get home. And how do you think they'll take the news? Well, they'll be pretty irritated about it, I said. They really will. This is about the fourth school I've gone to. Literally, (laughs) I shook my head. I shake my head quite a lot boy so there's one guy nodding a lot one guy shaking his head a lot (laughs) boy i said i also say boy quite a lot partly because i have a lousy vocabulary and partly because i act quite young for my age sometimes i was 16 then and i'm 17 now and sometimes i act like i'm about 13 it's really ironical because i'm six foot two and literally can Uh, i'm six four oh sorry let the ladies know The one side of my head... Oh, he has gray hair. I have gray hair. I really do. The one side of my head, the right side, is full of millions of gray hairs, and I've had them since I was a kid. And yet, I still act sometimes like I only am about 12. Everybody says that, especially my father. It's partly true, too, but it isn't all true. People always think something's all true. I don't give a damn, except that I get bored sometimes when people tell me to act my age. Sometimes I act a lot older than I am. I really do, but people never notice it people never notice anything i definitely feel like the angst in this paragraph like yeah. i remember being really frustrated about similar things as a as a youth um and still am just you know sometimes things can be partly true instead of all true i just put a fake smile over it though yeah um old spencer started nodding again he also started picking his nose he made out like he was only pinching it but he was really getting the old thumb right in there <laughs> I guess he thought it was all right to do because it was only me that was in the room. I didn't care, except that it's pretty disgusting to watch somebody pick their nose. Then he said, I had the privilege of meeting your mother and dad when they had their little chat with Dr. Thurmer some weeks ago. They're grand people. Yes, they are. They're very nice. (laughs) Grand. There's a word I really hate. It's phony. I could puke every time I hear it. It does sound like a phony word. Like, nobody says that anymore. Then all of a sudden, old Spencer looked like he had something very good, something sharp as a tack to say to me. 
He sat up more in his chair and sort of moved around. It was a false alarm, though. All he did was lift the Atlantic monthly off his lap and try to chuck it on the bed next to me. He missed. (laughs) It was only about two inches away, but he missed anyway. I got up and picked it up and put it down on the bed. All of a sudden, then, I wanted to get the hell out of the room. I could feel a terrific lecture coming on. I didn't mind the idea so much, but I didn't feel like being lectured to and smell Vic nose drops and look at old Spencer in his pajamas and bathroom at the same time. I really didn't. Yeah, this is like a scene full of trig for it's so sure. Funny, I love it. it started all right. What's the matter with you, boy? Old Spencer said. He said it pretty tough, too, for him. How many subjects did you carry this term? Five, sir. Five. And how many are you failing in? Four. I moved my ass a little bit on the bed. It was the hardest bed I ever sat on. I passed English all right, I said, because I had all that Beowulf and Lord Randall, my son, stuff when I was at the Wooten school. I mean, I didn't have to do any work in English at all, hardly, except write compositions once in a while. He wasn't even listening. He hardly ever listened to you when I said something. I flunked you in history because you knew absolutely nothing. (laughs) I know that, sir. Boy, I know it. You couldn't help it. Absolutely nothing, he said over again. That's something that drives me crazy when people say something twice that way after you admit it the first time. That drove me nuts, too. Like, that's something that I really feel. Old people do that a lot. Yeah, and I'm like, I get it. Like, you don't need to repeat yourself. Then he said it three times, but absolutely nothing. I doubt very much if you opened your textbook even once the whole term. Did you? Tell the truth, boy. Well, I sort of glanced through it a couple times. I told him I didn't want to hurt his feelings. He was mad about history. (laughs) You glanced through it, eh? He said, very sarcastic. Your uh, exam papers over there on my top, on my chiffonier, on the top of the pile. Bring it here, please. It was a very dirty trick, but I went over and brought it over to him. I didn't have any alternative or anything. Then I sat down on his cement bed again. Boy, you can't imagine how sorry I was getting that. I'd stop by to say goodbye to him. He started handling my exam paper like it was a turd or something. We studied the Egyptians from November 4th to December 2nd, he said. You chose to write about them for the optional essay question. Would you care to hear what I had to say? Not, No, sir, not very much, I said. He read it anyways, though. You can't stop a teacher when they want to do something. They just do it. The Egyptians were an ancient race of Caucasians residing in one northern section of Africa. The latter, as we all know, is the largest continent in the Eastern Hemisphere. Did it go straight into bullshit? <laughs> I had to sit there and listen to that crap. It certainly was a dirty trick. The Egyptians are extremely interesting to us today for various reasons. Modern science would still like to know what the secret ingredients were that Egyptians used when they wrapped up dead people so that their faces would not rot for innumerable centuries. This interesting riddle is still quite a challenge to modern science in the 20th century. He stopped reading and put my paper down. I was beginning to sort of hate him. (laughs) Your essay, shall we say, ends there, he said in this very sarcastic voice. You wouldn't think such an old guy would be so sarcastic at all. However, you dropped me a little note at the bottom of the page, he said. I know I did. I said it very fast because I wanted to stop him before he started reading that out loud. But you couldn't stop him. He was hot as a firecracker. 
Dear Mr. Spencer, that is all I know about the Egyptians. I can't seem to get very interested in them, although your lectures are very interesting. It is all right with me if you flunk me, though, as I am flunking everything else except English anyway. Respectfully yours, Holden Caulfield. That makes me laugh because I did do that once on an exam. Yeah, I've... yeah, this is literally me. Have you done that on an exam? Like, written, yeah. like, an apology note? Yeah. I didn't write an apology I was always... Okay, I thought as a teenager, if you apologize, everything was fine. Like, I was apologizing, like, 24-7. Like, yeah. sorry I'm late. Sorry I didn't do it. Sorry I don't care. Like, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Now I just, like, avoid. Canadian teenager. Um, yeah, I just remember, like, this one test where, like, I thought the teacher didn't really like me very much. And... I wrote on the bottom of the test, like, I get that you don't like me or whatever. Whoa. Like, yeah. Holy fuck. I know. That's not an apology. That's a, a, a call to war. <laughs> That's crazy shit. Yeah. Fuck you, bitch. I didn't <laughs> Fight me. In the parking lot after school. Oh, my God. That's, yeah. Well, anyway, so I said that. And, uh,. So so I, I get it. So the teacher says to him, do you blame me for flunking you, boy? No, sir, I certainly don't. I wish to hell he'd stop calling me boy all the time. What would you have done in my place? He said, tell the truth, boy. Well, you could see he felt really lousy about flunking me, so I shot the bull for a while. I told him I was a real moron and all that stuff. <laughs> I told him about how I would have done exactly the same thing. If I'd been in his place and how most people didn't appreciate how tough it is being a teacher. That kind of stuff. The old bull. The funny thing is, though, I was sort of thinking something else while I shot the bull. I live in New York and I was thinking about the lagoon in Central Park down near Central Park South. I was wondering if it would be frozen over when I got home. And if it was, where did the ducks go? I was wondering where the ducks went when the lagoon got all icy and frozen over. I wondered if some guy came in on a truck and just took them away to a zoo or something, or if they just flew away. I'm lucky, though. I mean, I could shoot the old bull to old Spencer, and I think about those ducks at the same time. It's funny. You don't have to think too hard when you talk to a teacher. All of a sudden, though, he interrupted me while I was shooting the bull. He was always interrupting me. How do you feel about all this, boy? I'd be very interested to know. Very interested. You mean about my flunking out of Pemp's? Pensy and all, I said. I sort of wish she'd cover up his bumpy chest. It wasn't such a beautiful view. If I'm not mistaken, I believe you also had some difficulty at the Wooten School and at Elkton Hills. These are such funny names for schools. He didn't just say it sarcastic, but sort of nasty too. I didn't have much difficulty at Elkton Hills, I told him. I didn't exactly flunk out or anything. I just quit, sort of. <laughs> Why, may I ask? Why? Oh, well, it's a long story, sir. I mean, it's pretty complicated. I didn't feel like going into the whole thing with him. He would have understood it anyway. Wouldn't have understood it. It wasn't up his alley and all. One of the biggest reasons I left Elkton Hills was because I was surrounded by phonies. That literally. <laughs> That's all. They were coming in the goddamn window. For instance, they had this headmaster, Mr. Haas, that was the phoniest bastard I've ever met in my life. Ten times worse than old Thurmer. On Sundays, for instance, old Haas went around shaking hands with everybody's parents when they drove up to school. He'd be charming as hell and all, except if some boy had some little old funny-looking parents. 
You should have seen the way he did this with my roommate's parents. I mean, if a boy's mother was sort of fat or corny looking or something, and if somebody's father was one of those guys that wore those suits with very big shoulders and corny black and white shoes, then old Haas would just shake hands with them and give them a phony smile, and then he'd go talk for maybe half an hour with somebody else's parents. I can't stand that stuff. It drives me crazy. It makes me so depressed I go crazy. I hated that goddamn Elkton Hills. Old Spencer asked me something then, but it didn't, I didn't hear him. I was thinking about old Haas. What, sir, I said. Do you have any particular qualms about leaving Pensy? Oh, I have a few qualms, all right. Sure, but not too many. Not yet, anyway. I guess it hasn't really hit me yet. It takes things a while to hit me. All I'm doing right now is thinking about going home Wednesday. I'm a moron. Do you feel absolutely no concern for your future boy? Oh, I feel some concern for my future, all right. Sure, sure I do. I thought about it for a minute, but not too much, I guess. Not too much, I guess. You will, old Spencer said. You will, boy. You will when it's too late. I didn't like hearing him say that. It made me sound dead or something. It was very depressing. I guess I will, I said. I'd like to put some sense into that head of yours, boy. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you if I can. He really was, too. You could see that. Okay. We should, should we, discuss. Should we call it? Or discuss, yes. Because I love this chapter. we are an hour into the pod already. Time flies when you're reading something fun. When you're reading literature. Um. Yeah, I... That was so, a funny scene. Yeah, what, what didn't hit me the first time I read it was how concerned this teacher was for this kid. Yeah. He was like very concerned for him. It must be really fascinating to teach like high schoolers because they're going through like a very strange, like awkward, terrible time in a sense. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of watching them go through it, but you still want to maintain like a kind of professional distance. Yeah. So like the way that you express your concern is very different yeah 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 and kids don't necessarily pick up on that yeah they really don't and like they really don't (laughs) (laughs) well i i mean i just think like you know the way that like i mean i've never taught high school so i don't know when i taught like uh undergraduates and my conferences like i definitely really liked my students but i wasn't like pulling aside the ones i was concerned about and like Mm -hmm. i think it's different in university though Mm -hmm. i don't know but um but yeah i know it's uh (laughs) old spencer we should read the eschaton scene from infinite jess yeah that scene is the funniest thing i've ever read good stuff do you have a copy of infinite jess no i don't oh too bad um i don't either I I borrowed a copy from the library and took it on tour though. That's for like five months. Did you lose it? No, I gave it back. I just read it all. It lasted like the whole tour. It was great. Oh. I remember we stayed at this house and some guy was telling my bandmates that only pretentious people read that book. Really? Man has no taste. Yeah. I yeah, that's so annoying when people do that with like books people enjoy. Like I mean, I do it with, like, Proust or something. I'm like, this is retarded. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's a lot of literature I can't... I haven't figured out how I've to read it. I've never even tried Proust. I've never really understood reading read poetry. I feel like... and Or, or um, 
Poetry or manga? I've never really figured out. There's there are two things I need to figure out. I think like most poetry sucks, but there's like some that I like. Like Darwish is really good. I don't know Darwish. He uh he's like a Palestinian poet. And like some of his stuff was just really like real talk. Mm. But yeah, poetry, especially political poetry, often has this problem where it's like the same thing I was saying before about like Handmaid's Tale. It's like too obvious. Yeah, well, I was gonna say I don't. I would never read political poetry because yeah. I don't care. But also, it's then what's left bad. is romantic poetry. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, what <sighs> do people even write about? Literally, though. <laughs> that's why, like, like soft science fiction is like the most like open. Yeah. Vista. But even still, I feel like they're trying to preach to me about something. Yeah, I always am. I always sneak it in. <laughs> I think I'm being clever. I remember when I read Catcher in the Rye, I w- really wanted to write my own novel. Yeah. And I did. But yeah. It is being published <laughs> for the Patreon. <laughs> no, I'm just It kidding. will not see the light of day. <laughs> but uh. it was a very strange novel. But, I, I mean, I really... Like, I do have a really big appreciation for Catching the Rye. I think it's just, like, a very... What does it mean, though? Are the academics right? Or, or I don't know. I've never heard this theory about oh. the mental hospital. Are there other theories about it? Fuck, I don't know. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> There's definitely... Yeah, I mean... We could get to, like, what he does, like, later on, too. Sounds like you don't want to. It's okay, though. No, I could I, I, I'm just sorry. I'm just really tired. I'm just taking You guys, Mila doesn't even want to keep going. No, I'm just kidding. Let's stop. Let's okay. stop. No, let's stop. Let's stop for today. Okay. We're going to stop for Should we today. do ten more? I'm going to try and think of something funny to say. Ten more. Everyone do fact fat activism with us. Wait, I don't think we count in fact at fat activism. <laughs> I like go in and out there's of like counting. A, there's like a bit of like gatekeeping. Obesac, you're not fat. <laughs> oh man, what's you know what's a fucked up BMI? You know what's a fucked up truth is that like in terms of sexual attractiveness, yeah. If you pass like the 30th percentile of fat, you've already gone into like very average territory. What do you mean very average? Like for the obese people gatekeeping fatness? Like, uh, like, like. Okay, let's say you have a f- a four hundred pound man, right? Yeah. Who says to me like? Who's four hundred pounds that we know? Like, just for reference. We're not calling people out. <laughs> I'm just like insanely. No, not, like, people we know personally. I mean, like celebs. What fat bitches do we know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um. Whenever someone's like over like hundred and fifty, I don't even like know what it looks. Okay. Like. You're you see space so weirdly from down there. <laughs> There's some like relativity shit going on because you can't tell the difference between like two seventy and like one eighty. Um, when I watch like the heavyweights, like on like they they seem like different sizes, and I'm like, what? Well, yeah, that that's how like heavyweight division works yeah, too. Yeah, but they do seem very different in size, and I'm like, also the physics of movement are very different once you pass two thirty. I think mm. it's like everything is slower. It's it's fascinating, and I think it might have something to do with like the physics, not just like, like, cause like weight doesn't scale linearly in terms of strength per weight. Like if you think of how strong an ant is per weight, yeah, and then even like a hundred pound human They're to like a two hundred seventy pound man, yeah. like usually unless you're like the elitist power lifter, the strength really doesn't scale linearly. It scales like that. I'm making a thing with my fingers. 
Um, Got it. So that all that to say. Okay, so if you're if like I think like we're talking about gatekeeping. So if I'm walking with a 400 pound friend. Uh, ah, that this is We literally true, don't know anyone. Yeah, pounds. okay, but like really fat, like disgusting. Think okay. of the disgusting neck beard. You can't say that. I can't say the word disgusting. You can't say that someone really fat is disgusting. I don't think. Okay, let's say. Okay, let me paint a picture. This person. A beautiful pog. Didn't shower in the morning. No, I'm into pogs, but dudes aren't supposed to be this fat unless they're like insanely strong. Let's be honest. Really, I also thought women can't be fat. Well, maybe society judges, but I'm talking like my own sexual taste combined with my rudimentary understanding of biology. Like, if I was to gain ten pounds, I would like literally like go into a pit of despair. But if I, like a guy my size were to gain ten pounds, I would probably be like, that's fine. But also, <laughs> I think guys judge looks more by their eyes. Yeah. Um. Well, what I'm getting at is like if when I'm at my fattest, yeah. walking next to my 300 pound friend, most hot chicks see us more in the same category than if like then than the skinny guy. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. And that's a hard truth. Like the cutoff is very close to. Wow, I'm trying to talk like stats here, and I'm so fucking dumb. But the cutoff, like, if you're a little fat, you're more in the category of the basically obese people. Need to stop gatekeeping because we're gatekeep. seen the same way. Right. Okay. Is what I'm getting at. That I makes think sense. They argue that you're not because, like, once you get to a certain point of fatness, you can't like buy clothes at a regular store, or mm. and like that's like the the bad thing. And then also, what's a regular store though? Like, I don't know if it's different for girls, but like Marks has like huge shit. Oh really? I I think maybe I'm just on the cusp. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they have a point. Maybe I don't know. I don't really know, know I what don't know. is that. Like, there's, for instance... Imagine if there was a verse about a really fat guy in that song. Like, there's, like, abortion and death, and it's like, Mark weighs 700 pounds, and he can't get out of bed. <laughs> no, but... Can't it's... walk a mile in his size 17 shoes. I mean, it, again, it varies. Like, there's, like, there's certain discourse around, like, Brandy Melville, because people were, like... Like, Brandy Melville's for women, and it's, like, a, a clothing store that's, like, one size fits all, supposedly. What, what does that even mean? Like, so, like, they don't have sizes. Like, everything, like, is supposed to fit you no matter what. So, like, if it... Like me, that like sounds absurd though. Yeah, but it's like first of all, I think like it's really that's like, a flex. That's a deliberate thing. That's like a so? postmodern combined with skinniness. This is like literally like what we don't see size. Like what? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Um. Yeah. I mean, I I have a lot of things from there because I'm basic. But um. I <laughs> know. Like if you like the clothes. <laughs> <laughs> but like that whole no size thing. What? No, I know. I mean, honestly, everything is probably it's bigger like races. a size small. Like, honestly, yeah, like, we're so going to be honest. There's like a like, specific thing that you need to fit into. Yeah, but they do say that one size fits all. Um, but yeah, clearly it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I do know people who are like smaller than me that fit in it fine and people who are a bit bigger than me. Like, so I think there is still a range. Okay, that so as long as you're within the average of the bell curve. Yeah. But <laughs> basically but i mean and then again manufacturers have to target that people for like efficiency to make money yeah well i think so there's like that controversy there's also like apparently larger sizes like cost more money but it's because it's like more fabric 
Um, and then also the. If we have any four hundred pound listeners, just leave a comment. Yeah. We won't respond, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I don't know. I don't want to have them on Zoom. Just like leave a comment. Um. Yeah. Well, and then like the other source of discrimination is like on airplanes. Like you have to like uh, get a different. Apparently, like they bring their own seatbelts if they're past a certain weight. <laughs> I don't know. That's like, kind of funny. They uh, like they have an extension. Yeah, sorry, an extender. Um, um <laughs> I wonder if you're more protected if you get in a crash. Probably. I don't know. Norm Macdonald has this joke where he's like, I'm getting fat for a movie. People are like, oh, yeah, what movie? He's like, I don't know. I think they always need a fat guy. (laughs) That's true. No, I, but my point being is like, I think like some of the the gatekeeping and the activism is because there's like different. Okay, I have a, I have a joke. Yeah. There's different levels. There's yeah. levels to this shit. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like the fat people are disgusted with the obese people, and they're constantly <laughs> arguing about like they reverse gatekeep. Like you're not fat, man. You're obese. Yeah. Like, get out of our movement. You're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's like different, and then like among the obese ones, it's like the ultra obese. Yeah. It's like oh, you uh, you don't go around in one of those the i want to say motorcycles but it's oh not. yeah um yeah i don't know i don't know the like i yeah i have no idea the inner workings of this uh this activism i have no idea what it's like to be fat no, <laughs> no that i do know what it's like just uh not no I've never been like clinically overweight, but I've been fatter than I am. So don't gatekeep me. <laughs> I actually don't even know what the clinical overweight is for me. I think it's if you're over 130 pounds to my height. Hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. I'll look it up. Yeah. Let you guys know. Um, I only know the underweight for my weight. So what else is going on in the world? <laughs> Um, okay. What's on the docket? Oh, is there a docket? No. Oh. I should, I'm What's on Twitter? Let's respond to the first Twitter. tweet. Okay. Um. <laughs> you can't skip. Come on. First tweet on well, your this feed. This is like depressing. Let's hear it. I'll laugh. A Cree woman had just given birth oh. when she was presented with consent form for her sterilization. She tried to wheel herself away from the operating room, but the doctor wheeled her back in. Where was this? This was in Canada. Where and when? Let's look it up. This is not fun the at all. Stories from June third, twenty twenty one. Oh, so it was a few days ago. And in Saskatoon. That is unpleasant. Don't like that. I'm trying to think of a defense. <laughs> Say that's unpleasant. It's not good. Mm. Don't. Um. Well, we don't know all the facts. Oh, that's a pretty. Like, it's a first-hand account. Uh, eyewitnesses are notoriously unreliable. That is true. But usually when it happens Dude, to you, it's... I was... Okay, yeah, that's pretty depressing. It sounds, it's probably... probably I give that a 67% chance of racism. Um, no, it's more like 79. Uh, so I was recently going over memories with our friends, and my memories are, like, always wrong. It's really yeah. sad and scary to do that. Well, I, I had just taken a class in evidence um, this last month. 
Mm-hmm. And we did learn about eyewitness testimony. And so, like, eyewitness testimony is, like, presumptively, like, you have to, like, basically, like, the idea of, like, there's so many factors that you have to consider. But apparently, if you're a stranger, it's actually better. Because if you know the person, you're more likely to have like a biased opinion that might influence your memory of it. Mm-hmm. But also, like they consider like what the lighting was, like they consider um, how long you saw them, how far away you were, and usually there you need to have other evidence. Like you can't just yeah, because it is very unreliable. So don't trust the eyewitness testimony. Um, so that is the depressing part of Twitter. Twitter's the worst. Yeah. Um, you want to know something that annoyed me with the mainstream media today? What? So there's this headline in NBC News. Uh, Wait, what is MSM and what is NBC? MSM, mainstream media. Oh, I thought it was a network. MSNBC is, uh... Okay, thank you. Uh, that's like the NBC one, I think. Okay. And they're just like a bunch of annoying libs. Um, but fair. And some people call it MSNDC because they're like state me- Like they're just so like... Democratic? Yeah. Um, so they have this headline, Putin defends charges of hacking and suppressing dissent by claiming the U.S. does the same thing. So that's the headline. Damn. So the headline's is insinuating that Putin admitted to hacking the u.s election and then within the article itself, wait wait that's not what my first thought was i was thinking more minor stuff putin defense charges of hacking like that's like wait the charges of hacking uh, were that he hacked the u.s election wait what how do you hack an election like they interfered with the election by spreading propaganda or by yeah. actually hacking like the voting no, booths. No, no. Okay. By like spreading propaganda. Oh, propaganda wars is all fair. But he said in the interview itself, Putin said that the U.S. allegations that Russian hackers and the government itself were behind cyber attacks in the U.S. were farcical. So it's like he's not admitting to it. This is just like oh yeah yeah, yeah. the classic malpractice. B- is this called a bait and switch? When the headline, yeah. the first sentence of the article directly contradicts the headline, so and then annoying. you click away and like angry and confused. Yeah, classic MSNB. Me, I mean MSM. Yeah, it made me really trigged. I hate it. Um, can't trust your eyes. You can't trust the media. Yeah, the only exactly. person you can trust is Alex Jones. That's true. When I'm, I have a memory of watching. This is also my catch from the Rye years. I have like a memory of. <laughs> watching Alex Jones and Immortal Technique have this like conversation. Dude, Alex Jones gets some shit almost right, like all the time. Yeah, it's always almost right, you know. But nobody else is talking about it. The frogs. The the frogs are turning trans, not gay. There's been an update. Really? Yeah. Are they actually turning. Nobody trans? wants to look into the Wait, science. But how are they turning? I'll trans? send you some literature. I'm gonna look the- this up. This is this is an interesting case study of how we process information now. So I tell you something, you look it up, you probably click one article, and then you're like, I don't care, slash, that's not correct. No. That's what I do. I'm not adding you. I'm not making you like... I, I, like not, I don't see anything recent. I can send you some literature. Um, but 
I don't see how frogs can be trans because it's not like they can get like surgery or like. You don't see how frogs can be trans? No, I'm just kidding. I have, I don't know. I, I'll send you some stuff, but. Like not in the way we understand it, I mean. Are you, are you, are you saying there's a difference between fro- trans frogs and trans humans? Yeah. Okay, I agree with that. Well, because like with humans, like there's other social contexts and like, like frogs can't be like my pronouns or she, her, like, you know, you have to refer to me as that. Like, you know, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I can just send you podcasts. (laughs) Look, look into it. Um, frogs. I mean, I do think what's happening I don't even know if this even pertains, but like that's the switch from frogs going from gay to trans kind of reminds me of the way that like activism just keeps like, like it's not even fashionable to like be into gay rights. Now you have to be like into trans rights. Like the pride flag keeps getting updated, you know? So like, I feel like it's going to be like, it's like, like a medieval tapestry. Like I you marry into families to get more crest, <laughs> yeah. but by like 2030, the, the, but it's gonna be unfair. The flag will soon. be like so many pixels, like a million pixels. Yeah, yeah. But I do think it'll be unfashionable. Well, okay. So what's the frontier? What's the front? Transhumanism. If if we look at the trajectory of that, yeah. So the next thing that's fashionable will be, like, Neuralink transhumanism, isn't it? I don't know. We'll see. I predict that. You heard it here first. The next thing that will be cool is for like cyborg rights. Yeah, there was, like, some writing on that, like, like uh, maybe, like, a decade ago. It was called, like, I'd rather be a cyborg than a princess or something. Sounds very feminist. I was going to say it's very <laughs> Grimes. If I'd rather be a cyborg than a princess. I think Grimes will be, like, the first cyborg. Grimes scares me. Yeah. She she needs some more critical filter in her life. I saw somebody like tweet like Grimes needs to understand that she's like a human on planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like literally kind of like Like did you see that tattoo she got with like the like scratches and like the angel wings and something Damn, like she's going th- that's like transhumanism. Yeah. But there's always that's like classic like Almost Final Fantasy esque imagery, actually literally Final Fantasy esque yeah. imagery, is like the angel cyborg, yeah, arising to transcend the past limits. Wonder what Prost would think. Wonder what McShane. Wonder what all these guys would think of this. Yeah, it's I always it's always sad when I think I wonder what So would think of So, and then they're just like it's stupid. And they're just like dismissive boomers. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like uh. Um. That's I, me though. That's how I, I react. Everything. I really want to know what the cyborg piece is called. Like it was like I would rather be a cyborg than something. I want to make song. I'd rather be a cyborg than a princess. <laughs> I don't think it is princess, <laughs> but it is. That's like too good not to use though. Like, oh, it's then a goddess. I'd rather be a cyborg than a goddess. That's like the second chorus. <laughs> yeah. What's the third chorus? I'd rather be a cyborg than a Oh, the Azalea Banks feature, <laughs> yeah. full of slurs, oh but God. it's like Azalea, so it's a black woman, so it's fine. I don't. Know, she's been pretty canceled. I she gets like she has brought this up a lot actually, like how like people like give her way more crap than they give like Kanye, even though they're both unhinged. Yeah, yeah but Kanye is more sane. <laughs> to to the eye test, really? To me, yeah. I feel like they're both very similar 
and like their outbursts. They're both like BPD hoes. But certain delusions are more productive. Like delusions of grandeur yeah. are more productive than delusions of um persecution. Yeah, that's true. But they often go, I think, I'm you making sure that I'm not a psychologist, but I think they go hand in hand. I think that delusions by persecution end up inevitably becoming like Munchausen syndrome. How? <laughs> like I was thinking about uh, Jamila Jamil, like that actress. Who Sounds like ab- a joke name. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm named after Jamila. But to do it like Ken Ken, but Kenneth yeah, Kenneth. Yeah, no, I agree. There's Kenneth Charles <laughs> Kenneth. Yeah, that's that's really funny. Jordan Jordanson. Oh my okay, what did Jamila Jamil say? So Please, Mila, do the accent. So Can we do it? Jamil Jamil. That's not how you say it. How do you say it? Jamila. Jamila. But she's Pakistani, so like she says it's probably different. Oh, okay. I'm not going to try that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Anyway, she, like, just kept saying, oh, like, she has all these illnesses, like, so at first it was just, like, I had an eating disorder growing up, and you're like, okay, yeah, every, every woman had an eating disorder, oh, whatever. That's so sad. and then, but, yeah, but I mean, like, it's not, like, exceptional, like, I'm like, that's probably true, like, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah. But then, like, there's so many things after that, like, first it was, like, I had a peanut, and then I had a peanut allergy, I have a peanut allergy, then it was, like, I have this, like, syndrome that makes my muscles, like, soft, and then there was just, like, all these, <laughs> so that, oh, I suffered from seizures, and this, and then, so, like, someone did an expose on her actually just, like, having Munchausen syndrome. Um, well, when you get rid of religion, you yeah. replace it with illness. Yeah. No, but like I wonder. Yeah, but I do think that's like a lo- like the logical like everybody, for instance, like the people who put like their mental illness in their bio. You know, instead of pronouns, should be like just don't talk to me. <laughs> what? <laughs> don't talk to me that's instead of pronouns. Yeah. Like just don't refer to me at all. I have a friend who does that actually. <laughs> they're like they're just like yeah like no pronouns. It's like a picture of Charlie from Always Sunny. The being new, like, uh, no pronouns. New trap song. No pronouns in the bitch. <laughs> I, yeah. I, that's, that, maybe that'll be the future if everyone's a cyborg. Rather no. be a princess, a cyborg than a princess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd rather be a cyborg in the rye. Ooh, holy shit. Rather be a cyborg in the rye. I'll save the children from their urges and replace them with software I designed. I'll be a software. Oh, man. I wonder if uh, X is going to get Neuralink and then the FDA will be like, you can't be doing that. <laughs> we won't be doing will be like, it's fine. <laughs> okay. Should we wrap? call it on that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Thanks for listening, Thank guys. Thank you, everybody. Lots of love. And uh, expect more soon. Yeah. We're back. Uh. Jenny's all with the body, Jenny's all the dry. She tried to her petty coating, coming through the dry. Jenny's all with the body, Jenny's all the dry. She tried to her petty coating, coming through the dry. Jenny's all with the body, Jenny's all the dry.